It's time to watch The Muppets with special guest Alice Cooper. done in 1988 or whatever yeah. but it is like it hasn't been redone since 88 yeah and there's a lot of work to do plumbing wise yeah like we can't even use the toilet in the downstairs right now no no because there was a leak downstairs so you know we're gonna fix the plumbing down there and there's mm-hmm. just a lot of stuff so. that's annoying because mm-hmm. like that's like basic human shit you know what i mean like yeah i mean we like, have another the, bathroom thankfully but but like the luxury of like not the luxury even, but like that's like the one thing that you fucking need. Is oh, like, yeah, the toilet the toilets bowl. work. Come on, you know. Like you could even be all right like moving shit in without like proper electricity well, in some areas or something. Let's just say everything is leaking. Yeah. And the leaking. pipes need to be sweated and this uh, and that. Sweated. And shark this. and You don't feel like you moved into the Tom Hanks money pit yet, right? No, thank God. Thank God. Good. No. I just, you know, things just need to be updated. It's fine. It's a house. Yeah. Every Every time you own a house, there's shit that you have to deal with. Mm-hmm. And it's going to take a little bit to get it up to par that we, the way, like, we feel comfortable. But yeah. it is a journey. Thankfully, Lisa's pretty handy with stuff, too, right? Like. Yeah, now that she's decided that she is going to work on the house, because once we started getting quotes from people, she was like, I just do it myself. Uh-huh. Because at first she was like, I don't want to do anything. I yeah. want to spend my whatever doing, like, having fun. And uh-huh. it's just like, all right, you can. But, like, first we got to fix some shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Anyway. Hi, Megan. Hi, Doug. Are you ready to talk about the Muppets? I am ready to talk about the Muppets. Let's go. It's time to talk about the Muppets. It's time to talk about a very special episode of the Muppets, the Alice Cooper episode. Alice Cooper, first premiering in the U.S. on November 2nd, 1978, and then in the U.K. on November 24th, 1978. We got a Halloween episode on our hands, dude. This is definitely a Halloween episode, and I have to call out, um, there's, it starts, I mean, I know that there's a cold open first, but like, it really starts off with some really cool, um visual techniques and there's throughout the episode so there's cool a lot one of my favorite things i think in the muppet show so far happens in this episode and it's so simple and yet so technical at mm-hmm. the same time to me it 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 fucking rules all right Why don't you get without further ado let's let's just get this started yeah okay? scooter enters alice cooper's dressing room to find and find blah, 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 blah. Scooter enters Alice Cooper's dressing room and finds him surrounded by monsters. Scooter alerts him that they don't own them, but Alex, Alice explains they're his. And, like, even his Muppets are, like, other world. Oh, like, other... They looked like the bad guys from uh, Emmett Otter. Yeah. Is what they look like to me. The, like, the lizard. Yeah. And, yeah. They do look like that. They look like, like they're not... Like the yeah, like bad guy versions yeah. of the Muppets. They like, look like bad not, guys. They're, they're so not, cool. Yeah, they're not the usual 
the usual Muppets at all. And it's so funny that, like, Alice Cooper, like, you know, I I have to tell you, can you tell me an Alice Cooper song? So I wanted to talk to you about this, too, because I don't know any Alice Cooper song save for one. Okay, what's that song? School's Out for Summer. Oh, okay, that's it. That's the only song, and he does this at the end. School's Out for Ever. But I think that song is so cheesy and like shitty and stupid. No, but that's okay. I agree. However, I do think it has a place and the place it has is right next to John Fulgerty's put me in coach. Yeah. Like, oh my God. It's, it's like Same it is a summertime barbecue. It's friends and family. So you yes. need like a mix of music that's not just like millennial music. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. And you have like the John Folgs on there. You have There's this, definitely some Tom Petty. Yes. Oh, of course. Some yeah. TP. <laughs> but yeah. you know what I'm talking no, about. No, you're absolutely right. It's, it's like baseball-esque summertime. And that's like yeah, Old Alice school. Cooper's School's Out for Summer is like one of the edgy songs. Yeah. It's like it's like him and like a kiss song. Yeah. Or like the like the you know, the real yeah. like metal, like it. rock and roll ah, shit. I'll back back in the New York. Group. That's definitely on this. We should build the playlist of this situation. Back in the New York. Group. I so I really I think Alice Cooper is cool. Right? Like his whole deal is cool. I don't think that I know I don't know any of his other songs for real. I don't know anything. I just know school's out for summer, and I don't think that that's a very good song, and I don't care for it. But he's been married to his wife since the seventies, I has think. He? Yeah, Alice, I was surprised by how old he was in this episode too. I was like, good, "Look at him; he looks great. He's, yeah. young, he's very young in this episode." Yeah. But he was I, old. That's, but that's he's what I'm like, like th- in his thirties or thirty. I don't know. Everyone, I can't. I I don't know. This episode is like forty-five years old. Damn. You know, like that's kind of wild that. He was in his, I think he was in his early 30s in this, you know? And it's like, he's still going, because I'm pretty sure he's, like, hasn't stopped being Alice Cooper. How did metal, this is, the, was that the beginnings of metal, like, hard rock to metal? Like, what's metal? Ozzy Osbourne is metal, right? It's, it's interesting, yeah, because, Black like, Sabbath. my mother will tell you that, like, Motley Crue is metal. And it's like, sorry, I got Priest is metal. I had to eye roll on the Motley Crue. Is Judas Priest metal? I know, like that's what metal was. But then it's like you get to like, remember when we were in high school? Like when you had like metal heads, they weren't listening to that. No, like classic rock people were listening to. They were listening to Mastodon and like like, music where you can't even hear the lyrics. You're like, uh huh. Oh, yeah, groovy song. <laughs> right on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the drums are so good. I'm like, okay, cool. Are they? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, so we got the Muppet Show theme, Gonzo's Horn Let's Out a Blue Spirit. Okay, this reminded me. I love this, actually, because it reminded me of when I was a kid and I saw, like, Ghostbusters for the first time. And, like, orbs. Yeah. And, and like, I was like, whole, like, yeah. Of, like, yeah but it looks good. You'd look in a photograph and you'd see an orb. Oh, yeah. It's like, that's great. I saw an orb in a picture the other day when I took a picture of, um, I think it was a flashlight on the side, but I told myself that it wasn't. It was mm-hmm. my dad helping me fix the plumbing. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, that's my dad, I told Lisa. Hi, Dad. <laughs> Hi, Daddy. <laughs> Thanks for helping. <laughs> <laughs> Could you show me where the leak specifically is? Yeah. I'll take another photo. <laughs> my brother and I were actually talking because my brother's wife said something to him like, wouldn't it be so cool if like your dad was like haunting Nora a little bit because... My mom had, like, teddy bears made for all of us out of his shirt. Uh-huh. And, like, ever since they put the bear with the sh- his shirt with Nora or whatever, 
like weird light flickering or something has been going on right coincidentally and my brother's like no i don't want him to haunt us because you know why he's just gonna be playing fucking practical jokes on us (laughs) he's gonna be fucking with us laughing at us nick's screwed yeah we're we're screwed nora's fine yeah (laughs) nick's gonna be fucked with He's just like, he's like trying to explain, you don't have no idea what my dad's sense of humor is like. It's just for him. (laughs) So during Kermit's introduction, he explains tonight will be a creepier show than usual because of their guest. Suddenly the lights dim and eerie noises go off. Kermit makes a hasty intro and exit. This was so cool. Yeah. The way this whole thing was done, that like Kermit starts to move and the lights, like, the way they dimmed and the, everything shifted, it felt truly like the show was fucking haunted. Haunt, or, yeah, like, they, it was taken over by something else. It was definitely dark. They did it really... The visual effects in this episode, I cannot tell you enough, so good. I couldn't believe it. I really couldn't. They I did a great that. job. And it just keeps, like, building on itself throughout this episode, too. This episode has some interesting notes. This is our first episode with Steve Whitmore. As a performer, I was trying to see if anyone else maybe performs, not performs, if anyone who is directed differently or anything like that. I don't see anything. Who did Steve Whitmore play? He played Thog in this episode. Steve Whitmore then, of course, takes over for Kermit after Jim passes for quite some time. Oh. So it's kind of cool to see that this was his first. It must have been really, really difficult to pick up that Kermit. How? How do you not just decide to retire the character? I know. You know. I mean, Kermit lives on still, but like, yeah. That must have been his third full-time performer since, even you know. Oh my god! That first time you have to pick up that Kermit Muppet, and then like. You're not Jim. You know, the first person to have to do that. And like, oh, my God. It's like literally taking a walk in another man's shoes, yeah. right? Like, And it's who- not like he quit or passed it down or was like, you're going to start doing Kermit now and like yeah. handed you know, the, the baton. You know, like I think it's different for whoever plays Miss Piggy now mm-hmm. than Frank Oz. Although I think it would be so funny to see Frank reprise Miss Piggy. Yeah. Wouldn't that be so cool? It would be cool. I don't know why. I mean. Or like Fozzie at least. No, I, I can't. I feel like he can't. He I feel like he can't do. Oh, I think it's hard though, because I was gonna say he can't do Fozzie because I feel like Kermit as Jim has to be there, but mm-hmm. Piggy. But like Piggy and Kermit are really tied up too. Yeah. Oh, Jim. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> taking a sad turn. So Alice performs "Welcome to My Nightmare," backed up by his band, The Vile Bunch. <laughs> Vile Bunch is his group of creepy freaks. And they're all fucking awesome. Big bird looking motherfucker. They must have had a great time building these in the creature shop. Oh, absolutely. I wonder if he had any um, actual influence in the creation of the characters. Like, you know, like if he wanted like. like... I imagine, and I don't know if it's true, but I imagine it being like SNL where they like hang out for a week. I would hope so too. Like Like, all around. Yeah. When you see like on writing nights pictures of the guest star hanging out you Mm -hmm. know and like sitting there at table reads and stuff and like helping figure out 
like cracking the jokes and figuring out how the storylines should go and whatever. I hope that that's how it works with the Muppet Show too. It's very good. Like we've gotten so much, so many like little docu series and doc and like this and that and the other thing about SNL. Mm-hmm. I'm really hopeful that the Jim Henson documentary that Disney Plus is supposedly working on has some of this like real craft stuff and isn't just about his life. Yeah, you know. Yeah, because like his life. His craft is his life, you know, like absolutely, especially for how many years there where it was like, Mm -hmm. basically, he was just working on these things and and, then lavish vacations. Yeah. Yeah. Go skiing really quick. And that's pretty cool, though. I kind of love that because I I think it's pretty cool. I don't know. Yeah. So this song, Welcome to My Nightmare, uh, was not familiar at all. This is an Alice Cooper song that he wrote and released in 1975 on the album Welcome to My Nightmare. So this, I guess, was already So he is all hit. dark. You know, yeah. that's his vibe. His eyeliner wasn't enough for me to get that vibe. No, I'm kidding. And he's his... all like about the devil. Does he? I wonder if he talks about the devil in his music. I don't know. Yeah, like if... He... Well, I thought... Okay. When he does Schools Out for Summer at the end of this episode, I found some things very interesting, and I want to know if there's a deliberate... Like a deliberacy to the taming of the whole thing. Yeah. So, okay... As the band enters backstage, Kermit remarks that Julie, the Julie Andrews show was more pleasant and calls for the William Tell act to get on stage. He then tells Alice how great being a rock star might be. Alice then offers him a sinister contract, which he can ensure his wildest dreams for the price of his soul. Yeah, he's trying to get souls in this episode. This whole thing was really interesting with the William Tell act. So, like, they have the guy with the apple and everything... And were they shooting real live arrows in this fucking set? Because the accuracy and everything, like, it seemed real that, like, Kermit was holding the contract. And then an arrow literally comes from off screen and skewers through it, I think it onto a no, post. No, I think they did have somebody shooting Right? Arrow. Like, yeah. how else could you do that? I don't know. You and make it look as real as it did in 1978. No, they definitely had somebody shoot an arrow. And then that guy, I love the guy, comes out and he has the two arrows in his head uh, and he's just yeah. eating the apple. It's ridiculous. Of course. Muppet Labs. Beaker can say goodbye to using a <gasps> microscope when Bunsen unveils I love Muppet this. Labs' new germ enlarger. Did you see what it was? It was Streptococcus. And you know... What's Streptococcus? Well, Streptococcus is a bacteria that's naturally found in our bodies. Oh, like strep. Got it. Yeah, but that's what... Yeah. Oh yikes! Damn, really sick. Yeah, is uh, is a type of streptococcus. Maybe not this particular that one that he named. TSS, right? Yeah. Oh my god, that's pneumonia so weird. caused. He, I think, officially died of pneumonia. But, yeah, but yeah, isn't that weird? I thought it was weird because he was like, "Oh, streptococcus," and they something, and yeah. then he enlarges it, and I'm like, "Oh my god, that's wild!" But it just made me think, like, "Damn!" Like the germ grows to engulf beaker, and it looks like it's like I don't know, like cellophane it's or something, cellophane. right? Or like, like a skid wrap, which is basically the same thing. Yeah, a, sk- a skid wrap. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I. I did I not put that it. together that like streptic that yeah would be his demise. Yeah. Weird. So I was like, oh, that's wild. Yeah. And like in this already spooky, spooky Alice Cooper yeah, like, signing yeah. your contract to this, your soul and everything. 
So then we go backstage again. Gonzo gives the contract to Reed and is ready to sell his soul to be famous. First of all, but he I can't find a pen. Fucking love that Gonzo was like, "Oh yeah, I'll do it." And then he and like can't find a pen. Yeah, is, can't find is a purely pen. Gonzo. But is so down for it. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, you see, Faust sold his soul to the devil and in return became very rich and very famous. And Alice says that this is that kind of a contract. Really? Why do I sign? <laughs> I've got to get a pen. Hey, give me a pen. Look, and I'll give you the fur. I'll give you all my chickens for a pen. I'll sell my soul for a pen. No, I have other plans for that. A pen. Oh, well, whatever it takes. Pen. I'll do it. No big deal. He's fucking committed. Yeah. Fully, fully committed. <laughs> um. Okay, this next sketch was absolutely bizarre to me, and I also loved it to death. I still like my complaints about a toothache. While his fellow Spelino, Spelo, Spelothems repeat what he says with a few miscommunications. This was so bizarre. They are I love shown it. to be teeth of another stalagmite who begins to recite the sketch again. When it zooms out and it does it so perfectly that there is another set there. Yeah. I don't understand how they did that trick either. Oh, I've never known a toothache this bad before. He's never known a toothache this bad before. It's like having toothache all over my body. It's like having toothache all over his body. You know, like that it truly zooms out from one set to being another set of teeth. I hope there's more weirdo-ass transitional pieces like this. Yes. This was really good. This is what you get when you, like, start having new blood that's what you, you know? get when you get some new blood sorry eating as much <laughs> the, like that's really what it feels like like they have some newer writers who are doing some more subversive weird it, shit and it's terrific it's terrific i love season three thus far and this yes. is a really good episode this is definitely one of my favorite episodes ever I this have to season say. has taken a full shift oh, it's weirder full. it's more interesting it's more inventive it's creative it's very creative and it feels like they're kind of Start, with certain guest stars so far, at least, they're starting to really tailor more to them, you know, instead of just like, well, some episodes feel like anybody can be the guest star of that episode. But also, I feel like before they were trying to be like a kid show and not a kid show. Mm-hmm. And like, I think they really understand how to be sort of like a show for everybody more yeah. instead of trying to be like a kid show. And like, it can explain it. Like they're trying to do two things at once. Uh-huh. And now they're trying to do one thing that is appropriate for everyone. It's like how Disney makes movies versus how Pixar makes movies. Yeah. And it's like Disney makes movies that are for kids and they try to appeal to adults yeah. too versus Pixar just tries to make a good movie mm-hmm. that can be you know like kind of interpreted enjoyed by ev- and enjoyed by everyone and interpreted differently depending on mm-hmm. your age group your demographic everything yeah it really does feel like that like I've watched some Pixar movies and like you know like uh, watching Toy Story 3 is one that always gets me and people are like I'll say like, oh, I, you know, I, I, I cried watching the end of that movie. And they're like, oh, when Andy gave his toys away to like the next generation, I was like, no, I don't. That's like a very, it's like paternal mm-hmm. kind of feeling. And I was like, no, I was really choked up at the scene when they're all in that garbage pit and they grab each other's hands and yeah. they say like, basically like, 
if we're going down, we're all going down together. And, like, I love you. And, like, you know, like, we're going down with the ship kind of thing. Yeah. And I'm like, that was more powerful to me than, like, that I don't give a shit so that Andy gives his toys to that little girl. Whatever. Powerful, yeah. Like, it's... It is good to give your things, The like, look that Buzz Lightyear gives to Woody when he's, like, like this just knowing nod of, like, I, I love you. And I'm sorry. I <laughs> I just like when it I think about it, I'm so like, much that it's Tim I can't Allen. believe that's Tim Allen. But like, I'm sorry, Tim Allen does my favorite fucking Christmas movie. Yes, I love the Santa Claus. It's it so sucks so much funny. that I, I love so much of it. No, life. the Santa Claus is terrific. Megan, Galaxy Quest? Is Galaxy Quest? So good. So good. So Tim good. Tim Allen is kind of a piece of shit. But, but he's so good at playing a piece of shit, too. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah, because Scott Calvin's a piece of shit in the Santa yeah. Claus movie. Like, no one likes him. Oh, God. He spends half of that movie trying to gaslight his kid. <laughs> like, motherfucker Santa Claus, and he's not letting his kid admit it to anyone. Oh, my God. <sighs> All right, Sam the Eagle gives Alice his scathing opinion of him. Alice simply thanks him for the compliment. <laughs> the whole, like... You know, he finds everything he does, like, a poor and yeah. whatever. Like, it's very funny. I, Sam the Eagle's straight-lacedness really gets a, a fun outing in this whole interaction. Frank is so good, too. He's just so natural. Uh-huh. Like, I don't know. Frank Oz is, again, I just have to say, when I watch him do his thing, he is, I mean, he's, like, one of a kind. He's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. There's really something special to the way that he performs a character. Yeah. It's... Such a bummer that there's not, like, a ton of, sh- like, stuff celebrating him while we have him. Oh, I fucking love you him. You know? Like. I love him. I don't know. Why isn't Disney Bones working on, like, a Frank? I, probably because he wouldn't go to it and he doesn't care about it. You know what I mean? This like, is, like. <laughs> uh, it's true. He'd be like, oh, that's nice. Uh, I, I well, don't want to do that you, shit, though. You're, you're cordially invited to, like, a celebration of yourself. I don't think he would go to that at all. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Fozzie can't take the creepiness going on upstairs and prefers staying in this canteen with the clean cut kids. I love this anything but. I love this. Fozzie sighs and hopes for something nice on the show tonight. I'm going to stay right down here in the canteen with these clean cut kids. (laughs) Why can't we have one thing nice on this show tonight? This was the kind of like doll that I would want as a little girl. With all these scary ass teeth. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's just so appealing to me. These guys are all outrageous looking. I'm looking at a photo here. I fucking love these things. Um, This next bit is so out of place, but I still loved it. Anytime Robin does anything, it's so sweet to me. It makes me feel choked up just to watch his little, like, everything. He's Reminds like every time I see Robin, I'm reminded of his line in the Muppet movie when he says to to Kermit, like Uncle Kermit, is this really how the Muppets got started? And he goes, kind of, you know. Like, <laughs> and then he like sits down and quietly watches the Muppet yeah. movie to like learn the history of his family and Aww. everything. It's just so sweet. I do love Robin. He's a sweetie pie. 
So Robin grants Fozzie's wish and performs Over the Rainbow. Yeah. And I'm like, this uh, is weird. This was weird, but it was okay. <laughs> the UK spot, a candle moves across Kermit's desk. Some masked beings begin appearing around Kermit until he runs off. The monsters unmask themselves and sing Once a, once a Year Day. Do you know what this is from? No, I'm the looking at The pajama game is the game we're in, and we're proud to be in the pajama game because... I think this is the bit that I was thinking of, where Kermit really gets spooked, right? And the lighting really changes. Oh, yeah. he. I think he runs... No, doesn't he do it in the beginning, too? Or is too? it in the beginning? I can't remember now. But The Pajama Game is a musical. By Richard Adler and Jerry Ross from 1954. I've heard of The Pajama Game. I have never seen it. And yeah. I don't think I know any of the songs from it, otherwise. I know all the songs in it because we did this in our high school, and I was a part of the stage crew because I had cheerleading and I couldn't be in the play. So you were just, like, pulling curtains. <laughs> Yeah, getting props, doing whatever. I, I don't know. I just wanted to hang out with the theater kids. Yeah. <laughs> they were always the funniest people. You always straddled that line of being the cool cheerleader who's still hanging out with the theater kids, Meg. Well, the I have to tell you, the theater kids made me laugh a lot harder than the cheerleaders did. Uh-huh. A lot harder. <laughs> <laughs> I never saw any of those shows like when we were in high school, except for um, I saw The Wiz. I almost said Wicked. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when the school I was the in Wiz. Barnum uh, in our high school. I got to be like Barnum an Barnum ac- and Bailey. Yeah, I got to be an acrobatic clown. <laughs> yeah, and I had a line and everything. What'd you say? I said Johnny. Uh, I said something about Jenny Lynn getting shot out of a cannon uh-huh. after I did a flip. And then you did like a flip across the stage. I did tons of flips. Yeah, really? that's very cool. Were you in like me- full clown makeup? Yeah, me and this girl. Oh no, I wasn't in clown makeup. Me and this girl, Crystal Mazio. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your costume? Was it hard to like? Do no. the flips and shit in? No, it was really dumb. I have pictures. I'll show you another mm-hmm. time. Can't wait. Yeah. I see and then Rebecca was in it. Uh-huh. Our friend Re- Rebecca from a while ago. Um, she was this, who's now my cousin. <laughs> it was like this sad clown. Uh-huh. And she would like throw up these like uh, black and white, like, what are those? Like hanky chips or uh-huh. whatever. Like juggle yeah. them. And it was so <laughs> Juggling ridiculous. handkerchiefs is such a like. To be Barnum's wife, yeah. who was played by Glenn Close in the, in Broadway. Really? And um, who, you know who P.T. Barnum was? was no. um What's his name? Who Danny read the Harry Dale. Potter books? Jim Dale. Yeah, Jim Dale. Thank you. I've never heard those, but I've heard you like talk about how much you love them that i know jim dale's name from that from yeah. you talking about how much you love listening to the harry potter books jim dale because because yeah. the, they released it in two versions jim dale did the british version and then somebody else did the american but i was and like, i've what? never met an american who didn't listen to the jim dale version instead like the jim I, dale honestly version, I, it's just so much better uh-huh. i tried to like you know preview yeah the other guy but anyway sorry once a year day I thought this was funny, and it was like all the ghosts coming out. It was like this was definitely like, oh, it's it must be Halloween, is what this said to me. Yeah, like that the the spirits can come to life. It's like this the day of day. the dead and all that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So next we go to <laughs> this was weird. Backstage, Alice sings "You and Me" to Beaky while snuggling together in his dressing room. Scooter enters to tell Miss Piggy it's time for pigs in space. The creature turns out to be Piggy, <laughs> who has turned this way as a side effect from Alice's magic. This I, was so cool! The idea throughout this episode that Alice Cooper is like a witch of some sort. Yeah. He can do whatever he wants, basically. He can change people. He can. He's totally spookified this whole theater. He His presence he's is spookified. so haunting. Ooh, 
So she demands to oh, change back oh. and revokes her deal with Alice in a huff. Alice calls his boss about the commission for hourly rentals. His boss is none too pleased. Also, like, his boss being the devil? The devil. Right? Satan himself. Hail Satan. Pigs in space. Link is suffering from space disease. Strange pork and piggy place him on a machine to cure him. But it turns him into an outline of himself as a side effect. This is so cool. I feel like this could could be a Red Dwarf episode. It felt very Red Dwarf. This, like, <laughs> we just found this weird button on our computer <laughs> and we can turn someone to Like, let's write a, an episode around this being able to do this totally special effect. totally felt like a Red Dwarf episode to me. Yes. Yeah, the cat walks in. And what's the guy with the H on Rimmer. His head? And he's a hologram. He's a hologram, himself, yeah. And- I haven't watched that. But then he gets turned into not a hologram because they like figured out a way. It's Uh really, it's stupid. And what's the main guy's name? Oh my God. Why don't I know his name? He always eats Vindaloo. Uh I love him. Are you going to look it up? Yeah. If I can spell it. He has like, I can't believe I don't know this guy's name. I've seen like every episode of the show like a million times. Yeah, even like the modern episodes that they've done and shit. Oh my god, Smeghead. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. What am I doing? What's his name, the main character? It's so cool how this is going to be like cut for time, like all of this, like trying to figure things out. <laughs> uh, Dave Lister. Dave Lister, yeah. <laughs> you know, one of the coolest things in that show to me is that like there is this vending machine where you can basically get any meal that you want. Yeah. Where Where is that? That was like an idea of like our pretty much now future forever. Remember, like, in Back to the Future 2 when they make, like, the pizza by putting, like, oh, a yeah. tablet in the microwave and shit? Like, I don't want any of that GMO shit, I though. mean, it Come is on. fully, like, GMO bullshit, but, like, where's the option for it? Yeah, where's the option? <laughs> where's our astronaut food? Yeah. They made astronaut food, and they never made it better. Like, that's it. <laughs> that's you, yeah, true, though. They never made it better. And that's it. No. And tang. Yes. It's freeze-dried food. That's it. Like, we've been going... Elon just fucks off into space all the time. Do they bring those little ice cream sandwiches every time? I don't know what his deal is. What do you think Elon Musk's deal is? Like, what he's doing in general? Like, he's trying to buy Twitter right now. By the time this episode comes out, he may have been fired from the board, even. Like, I don't know. And, like, his on and off relationship with Grimes. With and Grimes. Then I fe- they have a secret baby now. Yeah. That they and, had a surrogate. And then birth. he was called as a witness to the Johnny Depp Amber Heard was trial. Was he? Did you see what Amber Heard was doing dressing up like Johnny Depp? No. <laughs> so I like, saw... Like, he would wear a suit, and she would then... Like, come in the next day or whatever looking exactly like he did. Really? Yeah. I don't understand what's going on with them. It's none of my business. It's none above of my pay First grade, of all, it's whatever. none of any of our like, business. They're fucking crazy. The two of them are both crazy. And I feel like both of them are guilty. They're just having a very public divorce, right? Like, that's all that's really happening. She was like, like, she was dating a woman before she started dating him. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's funny. Their whole deal just is, yeah, I don't know. They both seem like kind of jerks like mm-hmm. not gonna lie like they both kind of seemed like awful yeah <laughs> i all that i saw was that she may have shit their bed deliberately <laughs> and i'm like i don't i'm good on this <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't i don't care i don't need any I I, I I saw a video of like them asking like johnny depp about the last time he used pills and he was like you know don't, don't worry about it. He was just like smiling a lot and <laughs> just like, I'm just like, I don't know what to I, say. He's so proud of himself. I, I, I cannot like... stand Johnny Depp. I can't. And then like in somehow in this trial, I don't know where the questioning came from, but like it was revealed that he's never watched any of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies or something. And people are like, could you believe that? I'm like, no, I 
don't like him. I don't believe. I don't know. But everything all, about him sucks. But I all, and always kind of has. I feel. I feel you. <laughs> Although I do love an old Johnny Depp, and I, I can't help it. He's just so fucking attractive when he was in Crybaby. You're talking, okay, you I'm talking mean like, like old, Yeah, I'm yes, talking like, Johnny I'm Depp. talking like tube top shirt in Nightmare on Elm mm. Street. I'm talking like Crybaby. Crybaby rules. Cry I haven't watched it in maybe 10 or 15 rules. years, but it rules. I told I told Lisa, I was like, if there's one movie I want you to watch, it's, it's Crybaby. Yeah. Like, I don't know. She doesn't. I just feel like it's happy enough for her to see it, but it's also like a little bit of a drama. I, but it's also awesome. So I was listening to the most recent episode as of this recording of Difficult People, and they were talking about not Difficult People, Jesus, Double Threat podcast, yeah. and they were talking about like the top ten movie moments or whatever. And when that scene happens in the courtroom, where she, the one girl says "fucking," yeah, and they bleep it, and then the mother asks what "fucking" means or whatever, yeah. and then and they don't bleep it that time. I'm like, oh my god! Like John Waters is such a clever, he's so clever, filmmaker. He, he's so goddamn funny, and he has his own style and aesthetic. Yes, and it's cool to have to see that that never wavered, never. and like he literally had been doing that since, like oh. he started being a filmmaker. And he's he wild. does it up until, like, I mean, I don't, he hasn't made a movie in a while, but, like, his he aesthetic was, never really changed. Even his, when he transitioned everything. to mainstream, uh-huh. it's like he still kept his authenticity, yeah. which is, I think, brilliant about it's John Waters. It's wild to see how many iterations there have been of Hairspray also. Absolutely. You know, like, two straight film adaptations, like, his film and then the, the remake, and then they did it as a, uh, a live television spectacular yeah, and like, and he gets wow. saved, right? And it's like from this like little dirty creep who's hilarious, like from wrote Baltimore, this, yeah. you know, like <laughs> he. Have you ever this seen Pecker? Weirdo, no. Oh my god, Doug! I feel like you should watch Pecker. Of all of his things, I've seen um, Serial Mom. I've Love, seen our friend Lauren showed me Serial Mom Serial back Mom in the day. It's so fucking good. so funny. Yeah. Um, I've seen Serial Mom. I've seen. Crybaby, I've seen Hairspray. Female Trouble? I've never seen that, no. Oh my god. I've never seen that, I've never seen Pink Desperate Flamingos. Living? Mm-mm. Any of those? I may have seen, but I don't remember Desperate it. Living the is last fucking one. wild. Yeah? Wild. Is that like a doc? No. Okay. It is just a wild concept, uh-huh. it's fucking wild period, but yeah, it's, it's not a doc. What's the last one? Dirty Rotten Scoundrels? Is that not... No, no, the dirty, ro- a dirty shame, a dirty with the hokey pokey when they're yeah, with Tracy Allman, that. right? Yeah. yeah, and then there's the uncut Johnny Knoxville's in that movie. Mm-hmm. I think that was his last one, right? Last that I can remember, at least. I don't know at all. And even that was like that was a while bordering ago. On 15, that was like oh four, yeah, probably. If I had to guess, he most recently was in um, what the hell's that show? Uh, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Oh, was he? Yeah, he was in this episode hanging around the village, and Midge decides that she, like, Mrs. Maisel is, like, such a fucking, I don't know, there's so much wrong with that show, and this most recent season, like, it just doubled down on what was wrong about it. It's weird. So, like, she decides that she thinks, um, Susie, uh, Alex Borstein's character, you watched Maisel, right? Yeah, a couple I know episodes. who Susie is, yeah. I watched the first season. So she decides that... She's pretty sure that Susie's a lesbian. 
and she wants to see Susie happy. And now this is the fourth season. Oh, she's sticking so her nose into she's, other people's faces. Exactly. So she went to the village. Oh, God. And she was, like, literally poking around the city trying to, like, figure out basically where queer, queer people exist and what they do in 1960s, 1950s, whenever this show takes place. And she finds John Waters and she asks him, like... Daughters of Belatus. <laughs> she, <laughs> she's, like... I don't remember how she words it, but, like, asking, like, where, like, there's, like, a bar for ladies, looking for ladies, whatever okay. kind of thing. And he points her in the right direction. So then she, like, casually takes Susie there. And Susie's in the middle of talking to, to Midge about her career and whatever and how they're going to do this thing and that thing to try to get her booked wherever. And then all of a sudden Susie stops and she goes, did you bring me to a lesbian bar? <laughs> and Midge is like, yeah, isn't this cool? Like, you know, you can kind of take a I want you to be happy. Know that I'm comfortable with you, however you are. And she goes, if I wanted to go to a lesbian bar, I would go to a lesbian bar. I'm your fucking manager. Yeah. We have a professional relationship here that I'm trying to maintain. Yeah. Like, I can find lesbians if I wanted to find lesbians. And basically says, like, don't worry about my sexuality. Yeah, I'm fine. You have far more other things. You're a fucking mother who's absent to her children. You're, you know, all these other things. Don't worry about me. Yeah. You know? Oh, boy. But John Waters being the one to steer her. And he, she says, what did you do? Did you go find, like, some fucking creep in the, in the village to tell you where to find a lesbian bar? And she's like, well. Yeah, well. Okay, we're talking about, you were talking about Double Threat before. I all What I also loved about that episode of Double Threat is they were talking about the episode on um, Difficult People, Italian Pinata, uh-huh. where she, and I didn't realize it was scene for scene, but I was pretty fucking sure, scene for scene uh-huh. of, um, they say, uh, from, uh, Goodfellas. Uh huh. With I guess her name is Karen. I always thought it was Diane, but I get I think Diane is. I'm get. I don't know. Anyway, Karen. This, uh, from, what's his Ray Liotta's wife? Yeah, why, I don't know why I thought her name was Diane in Goodfellas. I'm gonna look this up because I don't know. Goodfellas. Goodfellas is such a great movie. First of all, Goodfellas is a fucking great movie. That's like one of those few. Like Scorsese movies that I really could. I feel like anybody can get down with it. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is Karen Lorraine Bracca. When they when she's gonna go out shopping and she says that she needs money and he's like, "How much?" and she goes, "This much." Yeah. And she puts out her fingers <laughs> like. <laughs> oh my god! That movie is ridiculous. That movie is ridiculous, and like at the end, like Ray Liotta. And the helicopters, you oh know, God. following when him. He's like, looking, but what I he's driving a car and his head is fully and how, in like, the windshield. The like, rest of them all are, are all in jail uh-uh. and they're cutting the, with garlic, the garlic with the with the knife. But it's so funny. It's like that movie ends in such a funny way where like Ray Liotta and Ka- uh, Lorraine Bracco end up in like the witness protection uh-huh. program. <laughs> what? <laughs> Everyone else is fucked. Yeah. <laughs> anyway we went so off topic and this was a good episode too it's not like we're avoiding it so now we're back to alice and the monsters they sing a rowdy version of school's out I thought this was really interesting. Alice Cooper comes out in this, like, red jumpsuit with a devil's tail. Yeah. But he doesn't have on horns. Yeah. And my curious thought is, was the horn, were the horns deemed, like, too much by the networks? Oh, that they were like, the networks, he cannot yeah. fully represent the devil. 
You know, because it feels kind of half-assed that he's wearing the tail like that. Yeah. And the full jumpsuit. And, like, everything that he's doing is, like, very saint and worshipy. And he doesn't have on horns, which would fully complete, like, the Halloween costume yeah. of this. I thought it was really weird. Yeah. And it felt like it had to have been some sort of a note to me. It was, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised and when you say the network, I always think of that woman from Hysteria who's like the network. <laughs> what the hell is her name? With her short brown uh, black hair. Uh-huh. <clears throat> oh, my God. What is her name? Like standards and practices yeah. or something like that, right? <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, my God. This this number really ruled. And like even through my I like like, the version of it distaste a lot. of this song. I just think this song is corny. Yeah. Well, there's but, a lot of corny songs. Like we said with like the 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 roots of metal like metal's roots are corny to me because like we've just seen so many things musically change that like this would be probably more categorized i guess as like hard rock now you'd call it or something but like i don't know i couldn't understand kiss's whole aesthetic of like they're like I don't know. Their songs suck too, but they present as like demons yeah. and monsters. But and like really, they just Satan sent Gene Simmons here to sing like whatever the fuck. Gonna rock and roll all night yeah. and party every day, like whatever. I'm gonna rock and roll. I don't roll understand how that was like so. Like they're gonna rock and roll all night, and they're gonna party every day. Megan dressed like Satan. Oh yeah, and a cat and a star man. <laughs> The, the cat one is so funny <laughs> to me. Oh, that just reminds me of like Family Guy when you find out Lois slept with like all the members of Kiss. Old season one, two <laughs> Family Guy. Some of those episodes my brother and I were talking about not too recently and like some of the jokes in those episodes hold up and like we still quote them like to this day. And it's like, stu- it makes me like feel like it's so stupid, like because quotes from Family Guy will come up in my head and I'm just like, why am I still you quoting feel like Family an Guy? Idiot? Yeah, like we're in our 30s. We yeah. shouldn't be quoting Family Guy or thinking quotes of Family yeah. Guy. Right. But no, there are some things in those early seasons that are like, no, Lois, literally- men aren't fat. Only women are fat. <laughs> <laughs> like there, some of the jokes in the early seasons are literally so clever. And they're just so stupid. Yes, and then they kind of became like almost like a weird, like The Simpsons. Yeah. You know, you watch it turn into like a bastardized version of its original intent, mm-hmm. you know? But what are you going to do? Yeah. So Kermit brings out Alice once again, who appears in thin air and is joined by the monsters. <laughs> they hear the voice of Doom, who's actually Gonzo. He appears with who's an actually Gonzo. Holding something worse than a contract, a bill from the special effects. <laughs> Yeah, and it's funny because the special effects in this episode were pretty amped up. I bet you it did cost them a lot to make this episode. Probably. Yeah. It's like probably it. one of the more expensive episodes to make. And it well done though. Mm-hmm. Well done. Really well done. So in our edits here it says when this was released on video in the Monsters Mo- sorry, in the Monster Laughs with Vincent Price video, Robin's number over the rainbow was cut as Wally's as as Wally. What the Why? fuck is wrong with me? As well as Fozzie's line segueing to it. So, like, the whole diner scene was cut, too. I guess I like they the diner the, scene. They took the sweet factors out of it yeah. and just left all the spookiness. Well, I definitely want one of those kids from the diner scene. I don't know. That's a toy I would buy. You're going to adopt one? Yeah. If I see one on Muppet Makers or something like that. Next week, Megan, we got Loretta Lynn. Can you can you tell me who she is and what the episode's about? Loretta Lynn is the coal miner's daughter, of course. Oh yes, 
She's a country musician. Oh, it even says that her signature song, The Coal Miner's Daughter, was elected by the Country Music Hall of Fame in 1988. Um, so she is a country musician. Oh my God, what is wrong with me? I'm falling apart. She's a country musician. Um, she has a ton of number one hits. What does it say here? Loretta Lynn is one of the most celebrated and honored country singers. She was one of the guest stars on the Muppet Show. Oh, I'm fucking so stupid. She was a guest star on the Muppet Show. Here is the premise for the Loretta Lynn episode. The Muppet Theater is being fumigated, so the entire show moves to the railroad station and is periodically interrupted by passing trains. Luckily, Loretta cheerfully tells Kermit that country singers can sing anywhere. So this already has a very fun premise to it, too. They're taking the Muppet Show on the road, and they're performing the entire episode in a in a train Okay, station. thank you for explaining that to me, because I didn't get that at first. Yeah. I was confused. They're moving the wow. show to a train station. Oh, my goodness. So Loretta Lynn is next, and then who's after Loretta? Loretta Lynn? Because Liberace's coming up soon, I right? I believe Libera- Liberace will be after Loretta oh Lynn. Oh, my God. So we get another weird twofer with two... Very classic musicians of their time. Yeah. I think Loretta Lynn is still alive, if I'm not mistaken, also. And if you want to watch a great biopic, watch the Liberace, Liberace movie. I think it's on the HBO. Behind the Candelabra. It's fucking great. They talked about that on Double Threat this week, too, it's, didn't they? I didn't I didn't get yeah. up to it yet. I'm sorry, Behind the Cam- Candelabra is a very well done movie. Loretta Lynn just turned 90, t- 90 what was that? the other Loretta day. Loretta Lynn? Loretta Lynn. <laughs> Loretta she just turned Lynn. 90 the other day. Happy Good. birthday, Loretta Good. Lynn. Good. I'm glad for her. So next week we'll be watching the Loretta Lynn episode. Mm. Uh, join us then. Uh, in the meantime, you can follow us on social media. Message us. WTM. Ask us questions. We love you all. We love you. And thanks for the gumball, Kermie.